Hey guys, Dan and Ainsley here from Return Worship, and we pray that all of our church family and all those out there, that your families are well, that you guys are experiencing a, a wonderful time of enrichment and, uh, and being in the Word and spending time with your families uh, during this time when we're encountering a lot of uncertainty and different things that are happening within the world we've never seen before. But some things that we know to be true is that God is good, uh, that his promises are true, and that he is faithful. And we stand upon that, and uh, we stand in the truth that he makes all things work together for the good of those that love him. So in that, we wanted to worship a little bit here in our home, we're going to sing the goodness of God.
want you know Liz and I are doing well. Had a lot of time on our hand. I mowed my own yard the other day. That was a blast. And I've had a lot of time to study and pray and seek the Lord. And it's been actually a really good week. I feel very fulfilled and satisfied. I hope each and every one of you are doing well. Uh, we haven't been able to meet in person, like I said, for three weeks. But uh, hopefully we're meeting digital. And it seems to be there's a, a big uh, viewership of these uh, Facebook and YouTube or social media. So we're trying our best to stay connected to each and every one of you. Today I have a fantastic lesson on Psalms 91. Uh, before that, I would like to make an announcement. I don't know if we're going to be open on Easter Sunday or not. I hope so. That's a great goal, but time will tell. Uh, but even if, if we're still communicating digitally, then uh, Pastor Chad Hayes is going to bring the sermon for Easter Sunday. So I'm very excited about that. It won't be long as soon as we're, uh, the virus threat is gone. We'll all be back at work, and Pastor Chad will be here with us, helping us at returns. So we're really looking forward to him and Rachel uh, moving down here with their family and real excited about this Easter Sunday lesson that he'll be sharing. Today I have a lesson uh, for you on, out of Psalms 91. I'm hoping it'll bring you a lot of comfort, a lot of encouragement. It has me. I've been thinking about it all week. And after that, uh, I've written a poem because today is the fifth anniversary of Return Church. It's been five years since we first began at the little, little church there in Clarksville, Indiana, and we've been through a lot together. So we're going to celebrate. Uh, I, I wrote a poem for this occasion, and then our own Krista Den has put together a video with uh, a lot of memories, a lot of pictures, a lot of events and ministries that have happened over the past five years. So. After the sermon and the poem, if you want to just stay tuned and watch that, I'm sure it'd be a blessing to you. Got a, I read a lot of commentaries this week, a lot of books on Psalms 91. The thing that blessed me the most was a little book by Peggy Joyce Ruth. Uh, my, Liz's cousin Kay gave us this book because Edwina has an uncle that's written about in this book. It's about protection. He was a, a serviceman and was miraculously protected by God in the war. So I uh, just want to share that with you if you are going to pick up this book on Psalms 91. It's just fantastic. All right, let's dive right into our lesson. If you have your Bibles with you today, if not, take a moment and grab one and go with me. I'm going to read Psalms 91 to you out of the English Standard Version. I've read this in almost every translation this week. I like this ESV. Psalms 91, the 16 verses, I'll read along, and you just follow along with me. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. 
A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you've made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder and the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow, what a beautiful song. Uh, I'm going to take this verse by verse. We won't spend a lot of time, but I want you to understand what God's really trying to tell us here. Verse one is he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. In the King James, it says it, I think a little better here. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high. So we have a choice to make, to live or to dwell, to remain, to stay in the shelter of the most high. God has a shelter for us. King James, again, in the secret place of the most high. Uh, when I think of the secret place, my mind goes to Song of Solomon 2.14, where he was talking about his beloved, and he called her a dove. And he said, Oh, my dove that are in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance, let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely or beautiful. The secret place of the stairs is in the cleft of the rock the rock of ages. You know the old hymn, rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You know, to learn how to hide in God, to go, to learn how to run to the shelter, to run to the secret place. That's a choice we have. Uh, you can choose to stay disconnected from God, or you can learn to abide in Christ as we abide in him, and his word abides in us, as we live in him, dwell in him, stay connected to him. This is what God's trying to say. In Proverbs 18.10, says, the name of the Lord's a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. So here's another picture of a strong tower. You can run into God. It's, it's a shelter. It's a secret hiding place. It's a beautiful thing, but we have to choose to go there. You can make a choice every day of your life, whether to stay connected to God, to humble yourself, and to go close into God. Of course, when you think about God, this is totally relational. God's very completely relational when it comes to us. So this is a place in our relationship with God. You know, are we humbling ourselves to dwell, to live in this place of shelter and protection. So that's what Psalms 91 is about. It's if you'll dwell there, if you'll live in the, in the secret place of the Most High, if you'll live in the shelter under the wings of the Almighty, then God's given you all tremendous promises of protection. And we'll run through them real quick. In verse two, it says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The more we say it out loud, the more confident we become in his protection. By voicing his lordship and his protection, we walk into the door of the secret place. 
it gives you faith when you speak it out loud. The, the key words to this verse is, I will say, I will say to the Lord. We need to just say things like, during this coronavirus crisis, I choose to trust you, Lord. Say it out loud. I will not fear this virus. My faith and trust is in the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my strong tower. So say it out loud. Say it to yourself till you start believing it. Say it to the devil and make him flee away. Start speaking the truth in love. Say it. I will not fear this virus. I will not succumb to fear, but I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. You know, a sheep has no real protection other than a shepherd. And when you realize how vulnerable we are to all the kind of dangers in the world, we realize it's our shepherd that's kept us well thus far. So it's learning how to trust him so much that you don't have anxiety, worry, fear. His part, he's about to show you in the rest of these verses, all the things he's gonna do. But our part is to dwell in the, under the shadow of the Almighty, to dwell in the, in the secret place of the Most High, to live there, to stay connected to him, abide in him and he in us. And then to say, to dwell and to say, that's our part. And then here's what God does. I'd like to read Jeremiah 29, 11, just a reminder. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Wow, what a verse, what a promise. He, he wants to bless us. He wants to pour his goodness out on us. Verse three, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. So snare the fowler, the New Living Translation says, he'll rescue you from every trap. So this, this is the schemes or the traps of the devil he's talking about. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan for we're not ignorant of his schemes. He's full of schemes and tricks and traps and he's always trying to hit us where we're the weakest. So God's saying he'll protect you from that. You won't have to fear walking into a trap of the devil. And the other thing he says, from the deadly pestilence. In NLT, it says it clear, just deadly disease. In fact, let's look up the word pestilence from the Webster's New World Dictionary. It says it's a fatal disease, an epidemic that hits the masses of people a deadly disease that attaches itself to one's body with the intent to destroy. So the coronavirus is a pestilence, is what the old language was there in the Bible. We don't use that word a lot, but God's promising us here that he'll protect us from the coronavirus. Some attacks are from the enemy. Satan attacks our mind. But there are other attacks that are from the enemy that attacks our body, like a virus. And God's saying, I'll protect you from those things that attack your mind, and I'll protect the things that attack your body. In verse 4, he'll cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you'll find refuge. Uh, New Living Translation says he'll cover you with his feathers, and he'll shelter you with his wings. I think the picture here that God's given, there's really two pictures come to mind. But one's a mother hen. We used to have chickens when I was a boy on the farm there in Pistol Ridge, Mississippi. And I can remember that all the chicks would be out you know, away from the mother hen, but if like a hawk would come or some enemy would come, the hen would simply uh, raise her wings up and start making a special little sound and all her chicks would run to her 
and hide under her wings and then she would actually put them down. So if the hawk was gonna to get to those chicks, they had to go through the mother hen. And uh, Jesus, of course, used this metaphor when he was riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Matthew 23, 37, he said, "'O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing." So Jesus came to the world. He wanted to gather all his chicks together, but the Jews, of course, rejected him, crucified him. There's another picture here when you're talking about under the, the pinions or the, under the wings where we find refuge. And that's the Ark of the Covenant. If you could picture it with me, it was a golden box. And on top of the box, there was a mercy seat, a golden mercy seat. On top of the mercy seat, there were two golden cherubs and their wings covered the mercy seat. And, and this was the very, where the presence of God lived. This Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. And this is where God's presence was. And the priest, you know, would have to go up to the curtain outside and would speak to God there. And, and only the priest and Moses at that time, you know, would have that kind of access to God. But now we all have access to the presence of the Lord. The veil of the temple was rent on Calvary and no longer is there a temple worship anymore. God doesn't do it through a temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now actually the Lord lives in us and will speak to us. So again, when you think about him covering us with his feathers and sheltering us under his wings, we could think about what it means to be in the presence of, of the Lord. Uh, Brother Lawrence wrote a book called Practice in His Presence. It's a tremendous book. By many, many years ago, a Catholic monk wrote this book. It was just really powerful, making, teaching us how to be aware of his presence at all times. See, when we're aware of his presence and we're in right relationship with him, it's easy to dwell in the secret place. It's easy to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. It's like being a little chicken and running and getting under the protective wings of God. And in a pandemic like this, what better time for all the church to humble themselves and go to that secret place in God. Go to verse four, they continue. He also says, his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. It's God's faithfulness to his promises that is our shield, not our faithfulness, God's faithfulness. My faith is strong because I know my God is faithful and his faithfulness is my shield. Of course, we cannot earn God's salvation nor do we deserve it. In the same way with protection, we don't earn it, we don't deserve it. In fact, we're gonna slip and fall. And when you do slip and fall, he just tells you to get back up, repent of your sins, get back up, run back to that safe place again. Uh, his protection doesn't come by works, it comes by grace. And uh, just like righteousness, the righteousness that we have is not our own righteousness. It was given to us by Christ when he put us in Christ. First Corinthians 1.30 says, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So it's his faithfulness that is our shield. God's so faithful to keep his promise. He'll never break a promise. His word is always true and he's never broken a promise and he never will. 
I must hurry. Verse 5 says, you will not fear the terror of the night. In fact, verse 5 and 6 gives you four promises. And these are the four great evils in the world. He's saying he'll protect you from all four evils. The first one's the fear of the terror of the night. That's what man can do to you. The second one are the arrows that fly by day. That's what the devil can do to you. The third one are the disease that stalks in darkness. That's what disease can do, like this pandemic that we're experiencing now. And then the disaster that strikes at midday are what disasters can do to you. So see, fear comes and we think we're responsible about bringing this protection to ourselves. You know, faith is the opposite of that. You realize God's responsible. But fear thinks if I believe hard enough, I'll be protected. No, you're trying to rely on your faith instead of the object of your faith. Faith is simply the choice to receive what Jesus has already done for us. You know, when David was fighting Goliath, the Israeli army compared their size to the size of Goliath, and they were all afraid to fight him. But when David showed up, David compared the size of the giant to the size of God. And then David had no problem uh, fighting the giant. Verse 5, don't fear the arrow that flies by day. Well, this is Satan's arrows, of course. You can go to Ephesians 6, 16. The Bible says, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So the devil is always firing darts at us. He's always trying to hit us where we're weak. He's always trying to get doubt, confusion, and discouragement in our mind. And the Bible says don't even fear the arrows. The devil might be trying to attack you, but God's going to protect you. Again, he's our shield and our buckler. In verse 6, nor the pestilence that strikes in darkness. It's interesting God mentions pestilence twice in Psalms 91. Only thing he really focused on like that. We do not need to fear this coronavirus, even though most of the world around us is gripped in fear. Uh, Jesus says, do not, in fact, Jesus said, as a Luke 21, 11, talking about the sign of the times, he said, there will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. So it had already been prophesied that pestilence would be here in the last days, and we're just now really getting experiences in our lifetime. But in verse 6 in NLT, it says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. It's in the darkness. It's trying to slip up on you and hunt you down. He gives you great protection from this right here. He's promised you, do not fear the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is simply choosing to believe what God says in his word is true. Verse six, don't fear the destruction that wastes at noonday. Destruction, uh, NLT says disasters that strike at midday. So disasters are like tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, fires, earthquakes. You don't need to fear these. I've noticed in my lifetime, my faith with God, when storms come, I, I never have really got panicked at a storm. I love looking out at the lightning. I love just feeling the power of nature when a storm comes over. And for some reason, God's always given me a supernatural faith where I didn't, didn't get afraid. I have a dog named Gracie that she absolutely panics every time it thunders. She just has to run inside and get in her shelter in the basement. She's scared to death. 
and some people are this way with disasters. But the truth is he wants us to trust him during this pandemic the same way we might trust him in a storm. And uh, our part is to dwell in the shelter of God, to abide in the shadow of his wings, and God's part is to protect us. Faith's not a tool to manipulate God into giving you what you want. Faith is simply the means by which we accept what God has already made available. And in verse 7, it says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I was watching Fox News this morning, and as of today, there's been over a half a million confirmed cases of the virus in the world, and over 25,000 people have died from the coronavirus. What did God just say? A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you if you're dwelling in the secret place, in the shelter of the Most High. Verse nine and 10, because you made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near you. NLT says this one better, I think. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. I like that. He's talking about our homes. He's speaking of our families there. That God will even protect our families. You know, the old saying, fear not, faith answered, and no one was home. I really like that. You know, the devil's one putting all this fear in our minds. God gives us faith, but we don't have to stress out over this thing. The next promise is even more outstanding, amazing. Verse 11 and 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Let's read that in the New Living Translation. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Wow, are we even aware of God's tremendous angelic presence in our life that's protecting us? You know, we, I know many times I would have had a traffic accident had, not, had an angel supernaturally intervene. I've had many experiences like that. But with this virus, I can just picture a whole host of angels right here in this room protecting me. Uh, they're protecting you. They're with you right now. What a promise. It's just because we don't see them, we don't believe in them. Blood, believe in angels. They're all around you right this moment. Verse 13, you will tread on the lion, the adder, the young lion, the serpent, you'll trample underfoot. Obviously, these are pictures of analogies, metaphors of the devil and his demonic army. We need to learn to take authority over the devil. In fact, Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. So here's Jesus is giving his disciples that kind of authority. You have that kind of authority. We've got the devil trying to mess with us. We've got the coronavirus trying to kill us. There's disasters all around the world, and there's what the evil heart of man can do. But none of these things will come near you. None of these things will going to destroy you because God's protecting you as you learn to dwell in his shelter, and under, in his secret place, under the shadow of the Most High. All right, real quick, verse 14. God changes it here and goes to the first person. Behold, he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. That's a little hard to understand. A New Living Translation says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. Right, he gives you seven promises now. If you love the Lord, he's given you seven great promises. 
to end this beautiful psalm. You say, well, of course I love the Lord. Well, do you? The Bible says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How do we know if we love God? Well, you know, you know if you're walking with him, you know if you're dwelling in that secret place, you know if your relationship's right with God. If it's not, if there's some sin standing between you and God, then right now I encourage you, just let go of that. Confess that, repent of it to the Lord and draw your heart near him. Seven great promises. He says, I'll deliver you. Verse 14, I will protect him because he knows my name. Verse 15, when he calls to me, I will answer him. Many verses in the Bible shows that God will answer your prayers. If you love the Lord, you call to him, he'll, he'll answer you. I will be with him in trouble. I love the old uh, famous verse, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So he says, I'll be with you in this time of trouble. Don't worry about it. No matter what you got to go through, I'm, I'm there with you. Verse 15, I'll rescue him and honor him. And this blows my mind. This is a promise of a new dimension that God will actually put honor on our life. You know, we think our whole life's purpose is to show him honor and respect and glory, but he'll in turn put honor on your life. And then he'll, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So God will honor you, he will satisfy you. And then ultimately the greatest of all promises, he'll show us his salvation. Wow, God is so good to us. Dwell in the secret place, the shelter, of the most high and when it looks like the world's out of control just remember god is totally in control he's not nervous he's not worried he doesn't have any fear he's not stressed out he's in control these are the last days all this was prophesied thousands of years ago these are the last days we're living in and pestilence is one of these signs don't worry about it take comfort in psalms 91 i encourage you to read this over and over until it really gets quickened to your heart I promise you it will remove all your fear and anxiety. Let me pray with you for a minute. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for these amazing promises. And more importantly, in my mind, I want to thank you for being my shelter, being my refuge. Thank you for opening the door to your secret place where we can run and hide. Like a little bitty chicken running under its mother's wings, we run to you in this time of fear and anxiety. And Lord, I just pray for every member of Return Church that all of us would find this shelter, that we'd find this secret place, and that we could just simply spend this time rejoicing in your goodness instead of having a troubled mind or worried or anxious mind. Lord, bring peace and comfort to all your saints. And more importantly, shelter them. Teach them how to walk into the secret place and live there and dwell there where they will put all their trust in you. You're our shield and our buckler. Bless the people of Return Church, Lord. Bless their families during this time. And as, and as their home, just visit them in a special way. I encourage them all to go to your word and, and go to their knees in prayer. And I just pray that it'd be an outpouring on each of the families right there, even as they worship this day, that you'll visit them and they'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your presence is with them. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.
Amen. Okay. Well, we're about to move into the fifth anniversary celebration. Like I said, Krista Den put together a video for you that I think you're going to really enjoy. But before that, I'm going to read you a little poem I wrote about uh, our commemorating our fifth anniversary. And it's just simply called Return, the name of the poem. Return to me. Return, says the Lord. From Babylon's chains I heard. Return, return, return to me came the mighty voice of God's word. But I'm bound, my Lord, I'm chained. Oh, how I need your power and grace. Deliver me, set me free, so in returning, I can run my race. I have been bound in captivity for years. Familiarity with the prison I couldn't see. I didn't know I was bound and deceived until Jesus Christ came to set me free. But once I left my chains behind, I was free, liberated from the prison. Once I was dead in Adam with no life, but now in Christ I'm alive and risen. Marching toward Mount Zion, a wayfaring stranger I am. This world is not my home, for now I belong to the Lamb. I knew I would have to trust him, for my Lord would change me, for he alone has the power. I just need to trust and believe. Yes, there's pain all along the way. Suffering and sorrow, now my best friends. I've learned to trust him through it all, over mountains and valleys from start to end. A church was established. A people were liberated. In Christ alone we stood, shouting victory, emancipated. Now we grow in our relationship with him. We remain, we stand, we abide. He is the vine and we're the branches as we learn to walk by his side. Understanding who we are in him, our deepest, truest identity has been the key that unlocked the door to our hope, our faith, our victory. Now we praise him for his goodness, for he is good in pleasure and in pain. We thank him for his mercy, his blessings and sunshine or rain. In returning, we find our peace. In returning, we find our rest. Yes, the people have returned and found Jesus. We're so blessed. Return as a spiritual family who loves Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We're so blessed to know him and to experience his great favor. Five years have come and gone. Today, we're stronger than ever. Trials, turmoil, storms we endured. Should we turn back now? Oh, no, never. But we've returned to Jesus Christ, the only thing that really matters in life. We have found our first love in him who removes all our fears, doubts, and strife. Now there's a coronavirus. The whole world's in a panic fear, but we're simply trusting in the Lord, walking in his footprints so near. We're not afraid of this virus, but we love our neighbors very much. So we're not meeting together, instead going online to get our touch. Happy fifth anniversary, Return Church. We've much to celebrate today. God has blessed us with his favor as the sun shines its brilliant rays. I hope you enjoyed that. God bless you all. I hope you have a fantastic week. And stay tuned and enjoy these scenes and pictures, images, old memories of what the last few years of Return Church have been like. Take care. See you soon. God bless you.
you're thinking. You're the only one. I see you hiding out 'cause of what you've done. And all your shame got you on the run. I've been there too, and it just ain't fun. This is a message to the saints. The table has been set, so take your place. There is no more condemnation. There is only grace. We are family here. Colors and stains disappear. There is no doubt you belong. This is the family of God. No matter who you are, when you walk through the door, here you're no orphan anymore. Brothers and sisters by blood. This.
runs like this. Bring your tide and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. Are you ready? Take a month. Just a poor, wayfaring stranger Traveling through this world of woe But there's no sickness, toil, nor danger In that 
struggling through this tough time and uh, the thing that we know is is that when we fully know our identity in Christ and who we are in him and when we really concentrate on the character of who God is we know that there is a true peace within us and that we are truly truly well with our soul Through it all, my eyes are 
Oh